Hello and welcome to Insightful Crayons. So hi everyone and thank you for joining us for tonight's episode. My name is Maya and the rest of the hosts this evening are Lindsay, Hannah, Lauren, and Justin. And even Artemis might chime in from time to time, the lovely cat of the house. <laughs> so that being said, we're gonna switch it up a little bit tonight. Um, since we haven't really like done our most recent episode in a while, instead of pulling from the hat, we are actually gonna be talking about, you know, dreams. Especially since, you know, Pluto is gonna be going direct for astrology and there's gonna be a lot of activity, especially receiving messages and signs and synchronicities in dream space so i think and you know we all agree that talking about dreams tonight would be a really cool idea so let's do that what are dreams mm. Mm. so justin yeah that was your question right uh, what yeah are what is what are dreams what is a dream for me they're very much memories for lack of a better phrase um the memories can be it's a term often tied to the past, right? Memories of the past. Um, yet at the same time, very much, I think anything to do with the future is a memory as well. They're nothing more than reflections of something outside of the present moment. Um, yeah, it's a glitch, a split, a connection between the two worlds in which we live one is temporal you know this reality based on time and then of course the reality from which we all off bud that oneness of which there is no time past present future all being one thing um so it's an attempt for us to kind of make that bridge bridge between the two yeah. if you choose to see it as such yeah i definitely want to chime in on that and the fact that for me, I feel like dreams are that, again, bridgeway, like how you're talking about, from the conscious to the subconscious, but then piercing through the other dimensional states. And it's funny because what I've learned along my journey is like the ego, when you're asleep, the ego is at ease. And you're in that state where you're open and receptive to receive and your ego is out of the way to embrace your subconscious, but also your higher self can be more activated because, you know, it's like your body is sleeping, but your soul is still active and, and moving. So with that, it's like your soul is more free range to have you go through different messages, even astral project to different places. Because I've noticed, um, you know, a lot of people aren't really aware that they actually astral project in dream space, but it happens all the time. And that's where, you know, some people can pick up through dreams that they've been in certain locations for dreams before, like anchor points mm. and stuff like that. But yeah, I think, you know, dreams are, you know, the soul's way of communicating with your, your ego, with your character of who you're playing in this life if that makes sense. So what do, exactly does astral projecting mean? Astral projecting um, initially, basic line means, in my perspective, is like 
your soul leaving your physical vessel to go to different dimensions and other planes of existence. Mm -hmm. While you're still alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like kind of boiling it down even more simple because there's all these different specific terms for specific things. Yeah, like right now we're living inside of time. We're waking. We're inside of time. The sun goes up, the sun goes down, night follows day, day follows night, etc., etc. Right? And then this astral projecting or, again, it's stepping outside of time. Mm. So another dimension. You know, there's many, many dimensions outside of time. I mean, it's like infinite possibilities, yeah. really, you know? Like there is no time, so past, present, future are all happening already there. Yeah. And I guess that makes sense as to why we can have deja vu moments sometimes when we've had a dream about something that happens. That's happened to me many times, but it's like the most random things. Like they're nothing important. It's just a certain phrase I may be saying to a certain person in a certain place. And I'm like, whoa. Or you pick something up quickly. Yeah. yeah. You meet somebody before that you feel you've known before. Mm -hmm. Conversation you feel you've had. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I feel guided to say too, when you do have those deja vu moments of just random things that like you may think it's just so minuscule, mm -hmm. it's almost in a sense like, well, that's the point, is to have you realize that that you actually picked up that it was like a deja vu moment. Mm -hmm. Instead of it actually meaning something important, it's just the meaning behind that meaning, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. of it being important. No, and like very much for me, synchronicities are merging points of those two worlds, outside of time and inside of time. They're like those windows, those doorways. Like it's just like they're lining up. They're here and now. Boom, this is it, you know? Um, because they very much merge, it's not something that's only accessible in sleep. Mm -hmm. um, like it's honestly difficult for me to access things in sleep. When I sleep, like I'm out cold. Yeah, you know? it's easier for me to pick up on things when I sleep. Mm. Yeah, I'll have wild dreams. I'm about to have even crazier dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like with a dream that might be my consciousness kind of trying to reach out to me versus just kind of like bubblegum television mm -hmm. kind of dreaming, just crap in the background kind of thing because of how vivid they can be right so sometimes yeah, i'll have yes. a dream and i'm like wow this is like watching in 4k hd tv yes. like in my face i'm right there you know versus like oh, i'm watching it on like an old 40s television box tv like black and white kind of yeah. feeling yeah. you know yeah i totally understand yeah so sometimes i'm like okay this is something i need to pay attention to because it's my brain saying hey pay attention I'm showing you every detail you need to know, yes. you know, every color, every texture, every smell. Sometimes I can smell things. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had that. I can That's feel amazing. temperatures in some of my dreams. It's really crazy. So even if it's only for a flash, like of a second, it's enough for me to wake up and go that dream meant something. I need to make a note of that. Um. Yeah. I feel like the ones that are most vivid are the ones that affect me the most, like are something that really rattles me when I wake up. They're, like It can be nightmares, I feel like my nightmares are much clearer than mm. just other normal dreams. 
And I also found that once I write it down, it becomes even more vivid. Like if I, or if I say out loud to someone and I explain it to them as I'm storytelling what happened, the picture in my mind is like, it's as if it's sharpening. Mm -hmm. and, and you remembered more. details. Yeah, yeah as I'm saying it, more comes back. I'm like, oh yeah, this happened too. And it's, I found that if I don't, I tend to forget it more. For sure. I totally know what you mean with like 4K, like it being vivid. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, I can tell you exactly what this house looks like and where everything is. And yeah, that's some dream you told me about. Yes, and Damn. if I walked into that house, I don't know what I would do. Like, I would, <laughs> I would know exactly like where I was. I'm like, oh my gosh, because, yeah. Did I tell you about that dream? That was a wild dream, yeah. Should I, I feel share? like there's a very yeah we're talking about dreams. Yeah, I don't want you to share, but I just want to touch briefly on the fact that I feel there's a very important principle at play here when it comes to dreams that's often get untouched, which is the importance of sharing. Mm -hmm. It's the most important things that go on, go unspoken you forget. Yeah, like if you just choose not to say it out loud or write it down, mm -hmm. boom, it's gone. Mm -hmm. It's in the sharing. Yeah. That's the value. Definitely, I think yeah. it's meant to be shared, and I think is even though it's helping yourself, it can also help the person you're sharing it to as well. But it's not just with dreams. Because mm -hmm. in reality, we are living somebody else's dream. Mm. Why are you just like, my mind? <laughs> <laughs> know, like there's a lot of gratitude things people do, right? You know, being grateful for the things that we have, because you know, there's a past version of yourself that was praying for the life you're living now. Ah, uh, mm. yeah. Yeah. Like past you is literally you're living into the dream of your previous selves. Yeah. Right. So true. Um so this dream is like the when I when we started talking about dreams, this is the one that popped up in my head, the first one. And it's I had it a year ago and it's actually what kind of started my spiritual awakening was once before I had this dream, I was kind of coasting, I was neglecting my spirituality, I was not, didn't want anything to do with it, it was like I was hiding from it. And um, it was nothing triggered this dream, it was a regular day, and I went to sleep, and I had a dream that I was in this house, and it was pretty modern, it was as if it was like a regular suburb type of home, um, but in my mind I knew that I was younger like I felt like I was a kid maybe like 12 years old or something like I didn't feel like an adult and I was there for a play date and the people that owned the house was a mother and her daughter and they were both very distant in my dream but I knew they were there and the main person that was at the center of my dream was this boy and he was 12 years old probably um, and I can't clearly remember his face but I remember being concerned about him and because he seemed extremely troubled with something and he kept on looking around and like there were bruises on him and I asked him like who did that to you like you know we can leave if you want and he's like I can't leave she won't let me and something in my mind knew he wasn't talking about the daughter or the mom that was there and as time passed, like I was sitting on the bed with him and I can clearly tell you what the room looks like. I was sitting on the bed, it was against the wall. To my left is the window. Straight ahead is this dresser with a mirror. To my right is the closet and about right to the upper right is the door. And the door was open and I could see into it, like when I looked past through the door, it was like a living room space, but everything was very tall ceilings. And looking, um, around like I just knew exactly where everything was even now 
but I was sitting on the head of the bed, he was sitting on the foot of the bed. And I remembered going to touch him and something threw me into the fan, like just straight up thrown into it. And I felt pain in my shoulder in the dream. And I felt the pain also when I woke up as well. Um, and then my dream kind of fast forwarded and I was back on the bed and I was looking at him and he was sweating profusely. And this is where I could tell it was a dream because it was like puddles of sweat. It was unrealistic, but he was shivering and he kept on breathing extremely heavily. And he was looking like straight above, like to the left, like where the dresser was. And I'm looking at him towards the closet and I follow his gaze to above, like kind of towards the ceiling. And when I did, um, I saw this little girl and she had fiery red hair um, and like pale, pale skin. And she was looking straight at me with like the most black eyes I've ever seen. And it was just, I knew automatically it was a demon, like when I looked at her. And it was as if like, right when I had eye contact, my mind just ejected me out of the dream. Like I was booted out like that, as if like it was to protect me. And um, when I woke up, I just felt like this menacing, malicious energy in my room and I did felt so unsafe and I like sprinted to my mom's room and I once I got in there like I kept on being afraid to look up like I felt like there was something above me the entire time and I was just crying and like I asked mom to like pray with me and like we prayed over the house we prayed for protection but I still didn't like I felt better but I didn't feel completely safe. And what's also crazy is that in the dream, the boy told me the demon's name and I remembered it when I woke up. And I didn't want to say it out loud to mom, like I didn't want to, but it was in my mind. And um, like we prayed over it, I felt better and eventually like I calmed down. But I remember looking up the name and I couldn't find anything. Like I didn't know, like it wasn't any particular demon or anything. And honestly, I don't remember the name now. I didn't write it down and I honestly don't really care. I don't remember it. Um, but it was just so vivid and I knew that it wasn't just a dream. Like I could feel something in my room when I woke up and mom said she didn't pray over the house that night too. Like it's usually she always prays for protection and usually I would have too, but in that time in my life, I wasn't being spiritual. But I feel like that dream, now looking back at it, it was something that had to happen for me to wake up. Like, because before that, I was so neglectful. Like, I wasn't paying attention to what my inner heart was trying to tell me. And that's what made me realize, like, if there's demons out there, like, obviously there's good too. And I need to start being more aware and stop being so ignorant and start searching again for my inner self and my spirit and God or whatever, you know, that entity is that influences me in my life. And that's what kind of started my journey to start finding myself. And it didn't really get to the point where I am now until a year later, but I'm thankful that dream happened. Like it's, it's what pushed me. It was a negative enforcer, but it was the most terrifying dream I've ever had because it wasn't like, it wasn't when you woke up, oh, I'm relieved, I'm fine, it was just a dream. Like it was, I felt like I was still in a nightmare when I woke up. Wow. But yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah.
It's getting like goosebumps the whole time. It was like it's easier for me to say it now, but when I first started telling people, mm-hmm. I could feel mm-hmm. energy starting to grip me. Like I remember one time I was telling that to a friend, and she kind of like she delves into a little bit of dark magic a little bit. Like she she's drawn to the moon, she's drawn to the night and stuff, and I. We have interesting conversations, but I'm always like protective. Like I always like have imagine like a gold bubble of white when I talk to her. But like when I was telling her that dream, I felt as if like there was something like tightening around my heart. Like as I was saying it, and like I was like I just was like I don't feel safe right now. And but now with you guys, it's easy to tell you because I feel like I'm so comfortable with all of your energies and and whatnot. And it's time has passed too, but mm. that dream like changed me. Like, it was very crazy and it's the most vivid one I've ever had. Wow. It's like the 4K thing you talked about. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. That's crazy that it like catapulted your spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Any um any thoughts or anything? I mean I definitely feel like yeah it was that catalyst for you. Mm-hmm. But also having you shift back into alignment. But at the same time, I do feel like, you know, as your energy is rising, as your frequency is rising, it's like moth to a flame type thing. So if you're not protecting your energy or your space or cleansing or whatever the case may be that's in alignment with your, what your soul is wanting you to do, then, then yeah. You're more I mean, susceptible to yeah. like darker mm. energies. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like not being so fearful of the darker energies, even though it's like, holy crap, it's dark energies. But it's like they feed off that fear, mm-hmm. practically. And at the same time, it's like understanding not necessarily how they got to be dark energies, but understand that everything was birthed from light mm-hmm. to begin with. It's just having steered in such a distorted, wrong path that transpired into being darkness type of thing. Well, that's one way of looking at it. You know, there's there's many different quotes and things floating around in my head in regards to this. I really want to go down a line of questioning with you on this. You go chose to call it a demon and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. It led you to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Is that evil? That's true. No, what? it's not, right? What I kind of journaled about it, like, later, um, I kind of thanked God that for, or to allowing it to happen, because, like, I don't fear it now, but I feel as if, like, he let it happen in order for me to, like, come back to, like, my inner spirit, and so, yes, like, I, I see what you mean, like, I don't feel like it's evil necessary, necessarily, but, but, in that moment, it felt yeah. evil. Yeah. In that moment, for sure. And fear is a natural reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, darkness can't drive out darkness, and fear is a darkness. Mm-hmm. And fear is something we feel in response to darkness. So you're perpetuating. Well, mm-hmm. I feel like it, it could very well have been on the level of, the level of force. Oh, for sure. However, what she wasn't able to see is perhaps there was an angelic force behind her. You know, he never light did. force behind her in that. So, like, perspective-wise, 
you weren't looking at that, you were looking at the malevolent force and what pulled you out of it might have been the light force, you know? I firmly believe that. Yeah. So it's like, to I'm you, gonna... you're, you're seeing both the light and the dark. It's just in that perspective, in that moment, you weren't physically seeing the light, but you felt it, mm -hmm. you know? Here, let me give this example. For instance, I could never finish watching the show Breaking Bad. Mm. At the point that I was watching in my life, I related too hardcore to a lot of the things going on in that episode. Granted, the drugs I messed with weren't that hard, right? Yet still, the tendencies of the people, the places they were in, the things that were happening, I would get panic attacks watching that show because I'm like, fuck mm. that, you mm. know? And I would pull away. So it's not that my light drove me away, okay? Scientifically, positive, negative, opposites attract. That's how that works. So what repelled us is the recognition that that evil also resides in here. Mm. And we don't like to see that. A lot of people don't like to see that. Mm. A demon? That's in you. Like mm. repels like. Opposite attracts. What attracted you to that situation was the light. What repelled you from that situation was not something protecting you. It was the darkness in you that you didn't want to recognize. You mm. ran from it. Mm -hmm. That's what we call the dark night of the soul. Shadow work. Things like that. Negative, same charges, negative repels negative, like repels like, opposites attract. Mm -hmm. That's always how it works. So what I was saying is darkness can't drive out darkness, only light can do that. Mm -hmm. So in those types of situations, how can I love, you know, how mm -hmm. can I love that entity? Mm -hmm. That's also in me, you know. I've been reading a lot of Napoleon Hill lately at the urging of a friend of mine, a new book. And it's, you know, we have a choice. You know, and a lot of people, there, there's a seed, it's like the yin yang, there's a seed of good always in the darkest of dark, and the seed of good is what brought you here, mm -hmm. right? And I identify most likely more than I should with a lot of the darker things in the, in the world and life. Um, but they teach me to love those aspects of myself, because if I leave those aspects in the dark, they fester, they grow. It's a fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. My fear lies in the unknown, so if I choose to know the things, I lose the fear of it. Mm -hmm. And then I have more of the faith. So there's the fear versus the faith, right? The trust versus the not trust. Um, yeah, I really like uh, Justin's interpretation because, yeah. yeah, the people that you see in your dreams are aspects of your personality. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, um, and then, remember we were talking in, at the coffee shop the other day about, like, yeah, we all have darkness. Like, so, yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Those are the two things that came up when you were saying that. Mm. There's an example that came to mind that reminds me of what Justin is saying in a different sense, like a different perspective where um, I'll give an example in a dream interpretation of it. Like there was a person in dream space and they saw a negative entity, really malicious, ready to attack this person in dream space. and. At that time, the person, instead of running from it or trying to block it or fight it or anything, it understood that it was there, expressed unconditional love, emanating the entire space with the entity in it, and then the entity actually transformed back into an angel. And it realized, like, holy crap, you were light all along. It was just you teaching me something to love unconditionally but also see that yeah there is light and darkness 
like the yin and yang, have you noticed with the yin and yang, there's like a little bit of the other in it. Mm -hmm. So with darkness, there's always light and with light, there's always darkness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's whatever resonates with everyone. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you guys said that because I never thought about it in that way. And also like the devil, whatever the devil is, demon, all these same things, they reside in fear. Mm -hmm. They reside in fear. That's where it is. It's the fear. You know, the fear you feel like, yeah, it's growing. Those energies are growing when you start paying it that type of attention from a fear base. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. The devil is actually the perfect example of being an egg. Yeah. You know? So when we think of him, we think of like true evil. But he was an angel. Yeah. yeah. Still technically is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like his being is still an angel. It's just that he resides mostly in the dark. And has some light in him. His name literally, Lucifer means light bringer. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's. He resides in the dark spaces of your mind. And if you yeah. choose to seek him out, you'll find him yeah. in the dark spaces of your mind that are unused. But I'll also show you the light. I mean, it goes with everything seeking you shall find. Yeah. It goes with everything. Yeah. yeah. In, in the moment that I had the dream, I think one of the reasons why I was so afraid was because of how vulnerable and naked I was. Like I didn't have any protection. I didn't. I hadn't been close to God in so long, or, or I hadn't looked within in such a long time that I that I saw such an ethereal or such a like something that felt like an entity. It frightened me so much because it was as if I had no like armor and nothing. Like it was as if like I could have easily just been like just gone and um but at the same time something pulled me away like and i feel i know in my heart i've always been protected like even when i didn't ask for it like i've always known and like certain things i can't explain i've been protected but um now like if i were to have that dream i feel as if i would have handled it or, or felt differently because of where i'm at spiritually now like i feel like it would have been an entirely different reaction and I probably would have been more on offense or more of like more of trying to unravel it. But well, let's let's not go down that road so much because when you were sharing and you were reliving it, you started to tear up. Your mm -hmm. voice quivered. Mm -hmm. Yes. You grew true. present to it. Mm -hmm. You were in it again. You were there. I saw it. I felt it. It was here. Mm -hmm. That's why I came to tell you like it's it's not an enemy. It's very much a friend. You know, it kind of like, scares she, me. <laughs> it does though. And you, we have to realize that's our personality, that's our sense of self, it's our sense of uniqueness, individuality. We're taught to, we're raised to think that we're so special, we're so unique and all of these things. When in reality, no, that, that oneness that everybody wants, that's oblivion. We're literally obliterating that sense of uniqueness, that sense of I'm different from you. That idea of oneness, everybody paints it as something that's like blissful, which it is. But it's terrifying to certain aspects of ourself, which try to cling to why we're so special and different. Because mm -hmm. you have to denounce all of that yeah, shit. Yeah. That you have to literally you. say, I'm nothing. <laughs> yeah. I am literally nothing. I am nothing more than a half shot, like, garage mixtape, chopped and screwed 50 million times over. There's nothing unique about me at all.
it's 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 the same story replayed a million different times all throughout the universe <laughs> for ages and ages. Mm. That's a terrifying thing. And to be naked and vulnerable to that, you're being exposed to the truest of selves. You know? And like it's terrifying to relinquish that. Because oh. it really is the biggest of all dreams to think that we're unique and that I'm Justin, that you're Maya, that you're Hannah, that you're Lindsay, and that we're not all just interconnected and interwoven, you know? Mm. And like, the black eyes, right? That's somebody that's fully awake. Because I've had moments where like I've connected with somebody, my pupils are dilating like crazy. Like to the point you can't even see the color of my eyes anymore. It's the wildest thing. It happened, I thought it was only because the acid at one point in my life, <laughs> you, know? you know, then later on it still happens and it continues to happen. It's like I'm just growing more and more present. I just It's interesting because your eyes, while they grow darker, in doing so, like open. physically, they let in more light. And they're more open. Uh, yeah. Shit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like all these connotations of good, bad, up, down, right, wrong. That's dark quite light. Much why we, dark light, you Constant know. It's, negative. So like, this is the wildest thing. If, the, if there's a middle path, uh, whatever this path is, right? If somebody's focusing on being a good Samaritan, all this good, all this good, doing all these things, they're just as far from the path as a murderer. <laughs> it's the same thing. Can you repeat that again? So, like, if the path is detachment from good and bad, if somebody's mm -hmm. focusing only on the white, the light, and doing good and doing this, and they're only doing that, and that's all they're trying to be present to and they're neglecting and they're not paying attention to the bad. They're just as lost and deep down the rabbit hole as somebody who's a murderer. Mm -hmm. They're both yeah. as far, negative infinity and positive infinity are both infinity away from zero. Mm -hmm. They're both, it doesn't matter which direction, positive, negative, right and wrong are just directionality. Wow. Does that make <laughs> any sense at all? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm the positive infinity. I'm like I always say like I want to be only light like I always yeah. don't want to be dark yeah you're distilling and what you're doing when you're distilling that light you're also growing the flip side of the coin mm. you're also building up that thing what you're running from thing I didn't, I didn't realize I would get all of this information that I needed to hear just from telling a dream it's pretty crazy yeah. even a year later yeah. after I had it it's yeah. really crazy Thank you, by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I definitely needed to hear that. Oh, Good well, thing you said the dream, huh? Yeah, <laughs> no, seriously. Thanks for it come, it comes, being It comes from the sharing, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, what the heck? I wouldn't have known if I didn't tell you, so. Wow. And, and, like, okay, what, you're ha what we're receiving and what we're sharing here is one thing. The application, mm -hmm. the application is, like, that's the game. That's the, that's mm -hmm. it. Because, you know, I'll catch myself and I'm like, well, hey, a second, you're just wearing a different shirt today. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> you know? Mm. And as far as dreams, like, I've only ever had one recurring dream, like, ever. A lot more when I was younger. I think 
the last time I had it was maybe during like one of my bake racks. Um, there's not really many details. It's very much like, have you all ever seen Aladdin? Yeah. You know when he's in the Cave of Wonders and it's mm -hmm. kind of like dark and eerie and he's like going around and there's not so much treasures, but it's like that, those dark stepping stones that go up to the, where the lamp was, right? Like mm -hmm. these like, I don't know. So there's like all, all these steep drop-offs into like dark voids and whatnot. And um, it's kind of like those scenes we've seen in movies of a character running down a corridor and the lights are shutting off behind them and they're like, running from the dark and trying to like stay in the light you know yeah and uh there's always like these deep deep like i don't want to call them tribal but like deep drums and it's like shakes you like completely to your core and like <sighs> that was the most terrifying things i would literally say it doesn't make sense in reality but i would literally wake up in pools of sweat mm. like literally like, my bed is soaked. No, I didn't piss the bed. It was literally just all sweat, like, in my bed, soaked into the mattress. It was the most wild, uncomfortable of things. Mm. And I had it a lot when I was younger. A lot. And it showed up in different forms, and it would just always be that same, those beating drums and me just, like, running, trying to get away and not being able to get away and feeling like, like, the whatever it was coming after me was just laughing at me because it was, like... It already had me like why am i running right. like it's futile to run it i was still running you know mm -hmm. and uh it took me a while to realize like my dad was giving me the answer my whole life very much which is no matter where you go there you are no matter where you go no matter what happens there you are you know um i don't know how much sense that makes to everybody but it kind of reminds me of like a looney tunes peppy Le Pew. Yeah. Trying to go after his so-called woman. Yeah. That's a cat. Yeah. He's like, he's always like, I'll find you. Go here, my little puppy. Very much. Very much like, and it's the same with the path to enlightenment, though, very much, which is like all these external things I'm looking for. Then all of a sudden, I was having a conversation with Mike last night, actually. Oh, um, of like, yeah, you were falling asleep. <laughs> but it was like, I was very much talking with them and laughing and how like all these things that we're looking for are all right here right now. Like there's nothing that we need to go get. It's all here. It's just a matter of becoming awake to them and aware of them and present to them. And um, he's telling me about all the peace he felt the first time he went to the mountains for his birthday. He went up to the mountains and you know was walking around and climbing these mountains and all this stuff. And I was, I, I kind of laughed to myself. I, he's like, what? He's like, I came back and then there's all this stuff going on. And I'm like, what if I told you you didn't have to go to the mountains to feel what you felt? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to go to these places, you don't... Like, it's still here. Yeah, like, anybody can go to the top of a mountain and be a holy man. Anybody, I firmly believe that. I mean, it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier. Monks have it pretty easy, because they don't have the distractions that we do. Mm, it depends. It's a different stage, you yeah. know? It's just... It's... And again, here we are talking in comparison, right? Easier? harder more or less yeah you know um it's just all i'm saying is you don't you don't have to be a monk like to have peace and like to yeah you don't have to go have to the that top. one point you don't have to go to the top of a mountain to be have that clarity yeah, yeah. you can get it right here yeah. i mean it's not just in my backyard like it used to be just a backyard to me but ever since i've started meditating and i've started mm -hmm 
sitting back there, taking in the nature and just observing and with like not just my eyes, like I it's become something magical for me. Like I always see something that I would never notice before and now that's become my haven and my spiritual space. But whereas before it was just backyard and I never always thought like, Oh, I can't wait to move to the mountains. I can't wait. Like I hate Florida, and, and then like, <laughs> and then, but, which is, you know, still true. I can't wait to move away. But I kind of, like, neglected the beauty and the spirit that was already around me. Uh-huh. And I've just tapped into it more now. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. Good for you. It's yeah. so great. Oh, I have such a nice backyard. I very much want you all to, like, try looking into reading this book, too, and I'll share it once I finish it. It's by Napoleon Hill. John suggested it to me. Mm-hmm. It's called Outwitting the Devil. I love that book. And it's so good. It is wild, wild ride. What's it about? Oh man, I mean, it's it's, it's, an a, it's a conversation, an interview with the devil. You know, what? Um, it's pretty wild. It's like literally just a Q and A. Uh, the first two chapters are kind of a background, mm-hmm. and he boils it down very beautifully into you know he has this self that he goes through life as, and then there's this as he quotes it, his other self, our other self fill in quotations, whatever you want there, universal soul, whatever it is, you know, our other self. And it's always following us. It's always there, you know, and it takes over every now and then forcibly. And then we can tap into it whenever we'd like. It doesn't matter where we are, you know. And uh, one of the biggest things that hit me was he actually had this little segment on prayer. And uh, it gave me chills because prayer shifted for me a couple of years ago very much. I used to pray before certain things in my life happened. I used to pray for protection for things, asking for things as if I already didn't have them. You know, I'd be praying, asking for things. I'd be frustrated when they didn't show up. You know, they didn't come into my life because they're already fucking there. <laughs> it's like, hey, idiot, you're asking for things that you already have, you know? Um, so anyways, praying for me was very much like I would... Literally, my prayer was always the same when I started to like physically pray. Um, rather than wishing and asking for things, I would say, thank you, God, for allowing me to continue down this road, healing emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically, like continuing to heal, continuing to grow, and all of these things. And then, anyways, in Napoleon Hill's book, he, would, he had like prayer before certain things in his life was asking for things. And then after, he got to a certain point where he wouldn't pray when things got bad. He'd kind of do like maintenance praying. And his praying was praying to be worthy of the life that he already has. Mm. You know, like praying to have the integrity that he needed, praying to be worthy of what's already happening in there. And then like his life blew up in like the best of ways. You know? Wow. Mm. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. It's like you're running around with your glasses on your head looking for your glasses. Chasing your own tail and then biting it. Be like, oh, wow, that's my tail. I've <laughs> been there the whole time. You know? Yeah, and like the only, like, I like the quote. Uh, Mike actually posted the uh, title of one of his pictures. It was, uh, the only limitation that exists is the one that you set up in your own mind. Yeah. Like, I have that written room. down. Is that from the book? Yeah. I have that written book. down from like years ago yeah. from when I listened to the audiobook. Yeah. It's like, literally, that's whatever you believe is how it is. Mm-hmm. You know? We choose to believe things are demons and out to get us and chasing us, and that's that's it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you believe you can do something, you can. If you believe you can't, 
You won't. <laughs> yeah, like if I choose to believe that I am the culmination of all of my life experiences, then that's exactly what I am. I'm the past living into a future <laughs> that's dictated by the past, and that's going to be much the same thing. No cycles will ever be broken. Nothing new will happen. Nothing different will occur. Um, so yeah, I mean, coming back to what is a dream? A dream is nothing more than something to be shared. Mm. And I'm happy to be sharing this here with all of you. Yeah. Now, you know, it's very brief to have moments, little wrinkles, blips in time in which all are present fully. And not time traveling. I have an incredible capacity to do so. Mm. <laughs> so much good stuff, man. Do any of you ladies have dreams that you want to share or anything else you can think of? I mean, I'll do a dark one That's for right now, and then at the end I'll probably do a light one, but sounds good. that way we can balance it out. Um, so the dark dream, when I was going through the first stage of my spiritual awakening process, like, I guess the initiation process of it, um, I was in high school, and I used to get sick a lot, like really sick. Like I had to go to the hospital a lot and do some IVs and antibiotics and stuff. And um, so there was this one instance where I was really sick with a really bad flu, and I was on antibiotics at the time, but it wasn't really working out right for me. And um, at that time, it was like lent season for roman catholic religion and uh, my dad had this great idea to have me watch the um uh, the passion of the christ oh, mm. right so i was sick watching the passion of the christ right before i went to sleep no i was like great dad okay i'll watch it sure um so that night there was like a lot going on like I was in like this dark space, couldn't see past my hand, but I knew something was there. Mm. And um, then all of a sudden I felt things like like breathing on my neck and then like putting their head here and like mm. here and here. And it was just like almost like molesting me in a sense. Mm. And of course felt vulnerable, naked, like I couldn't do anything but be fearful and try to cry, but I was so scared I didn't even want to cry, mm. you know? So I knew there was like a lot of things around and I was like, well, fuck, now what? What do, what do I do? Hmm, I could die, but I don't want to. <laughs> so what am I gonna do? So I just started to try to shake and realize, I guess, Somehow I kind of woke up, but not really, realizing that I couldn't move my body mm. to even wake up. So I was like, shit, I can't even wake myself up. All right, so I just started to say like, okay, I can either surrender and give up or embrace what was happening. So for some instinctual reason, I centered myself grounded didn't know how the fuck I was even doing this because I was scared, mind you. And then I started to pray the Our Father prayer. 
And as I was doing that, I was trusting that everything was being integrated and coming back into harmony. This isn't necessarily um, destroying darkness, but rather coming back into harmony with everything, especially the fact that I was very sick in my physical existence. So as I was saying the Our Father prayer, I was grounding myself, centering myself, feeling ready. I felt more secure. And even though there was like, you know, a bunch of heads and stuff, just like laughing and breathing in my ear and like molesting me and stuff. Like I put one hand up in the air and I was going, like I was really believing the Our Father prayer and really connecting with Source and like a beam of light just shot from me to Source and then down and everything just like rumbled and crashed and like, it was like one of those movie effects where the light just like beamed out and kind of destroyed everything. But at the same time, once it did that, it just sucked everything in type mm -hmm. of thing. And um, yeah, and then I woke up <laughs> from that and I still couldn't move. I couldn't move at all. Realizing there was something on top of me, pinning me down mm. type of thing. It was one of those uh, dark entity type things. And I almost pissed myself off. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> Could you see it? You're out. Oh yeah, I saw it. it was like a shadow figure. And it was pinning me down. And it was like right here, like breathing in my face type of thing. And I was like, wow. I'm not gonna piss myself. I promise I won't piss myself. <laughs> Shit, I'm gonna piss myself. <laughs> <laughs> So then I just like, you know, I guess I said like a, a Hail Mary prayer, but at the same time I was emanating forgiveness and a lot of unconditional love and healing. And with that, it like disappeared. I have no idea where it could have freaking flew out the window. I have no idea where it went. Um, but I was so fixated on the fact that I could actually move my body again. Mm. I was like, yes, okay, okay. And I immediately turn off, turn on all the lights. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm turning on all the lights. Fuck it. Yeah. I'm not doing this shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I even turn on like little night lights. I was like, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. put some stream of garlic on. Yeah. I literally put stream of garlic. <laughs> and um, were you in the hospital still? No, I was. I was at home. Okay. The hospital system back home in the islands is not that great. Mm -hmm. Like you're better off doing some home remedies by yourself mm -hmm. with your family. Um, but yeah, I was like, you know, once I turned on the lights, I went into my bathroom to relieve myself from all that fear and pent up crap. And, um, for some reason I remember having my door open to the bathroom because I was still, at that time I was sick. I was really sick. So I was looking out towards the hallway, towards my parents' room, and there was a shadow figure in the freaking hallway. and. Instead of his eyes, it was an actual male entity. Instead of his eyes being black, there were bright, like light. It was like that. It was light. Almost looks like two flashlights for eyes, but everything else was shadowy darkness. And I saw this figure like standing in front of me while I was on the toilet. And I was like, oh shit. Oh my God. 
what the fuck am I going to do now? <laughs> and the thing, like, went into my parents' room. And I was like, well, fuck that. <laughs> I'm going back to sleep. I felt so bad afterwards because I didn't do anything to, like, protect my parents or anything. I was so sick that I was just like, hope you handle it, parents. I'm sorry. I got to go to bed. Right? So, so I went back into bed. And I was like, yeah, okay, lights are on, put a little music in the background on a computer. And I was like, I'm going to go to sleep. Next morning, my flu and whatever that was, was gone. Wow. It was completely gone. And um, I asked my parents, I was like, hey, did you wake up in the middle of the night? Like, did you see anything, like a shadow or something? They're like, no, I slept peacefully. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> forget I even said anything. Yeah, forget it. All right. And I uh, moved on. But that that's happened every now and then. Um, but it just it pisses me off sometimes when you're trying to wake up. And even when you are awake and you just can't move, I hate that feeling. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's super awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that his eyes were light. Yeah. That's very interesting. Kind of reminded me of the fact that <clears throat> once you do that unconditional love and healing work and stuff, you realize, oh, it's an angel behind the dark figure. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's the light behind the dark. You can't always believe what you see because that's just a perception. An illusion. It's an illusion, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the book, uh, Outwitting the Devil, he always talks about how people who succeed are the ones who realize that in all of the worst quote-unquote life experiences that we have there's the seed of the best things because that's how you grow yeah Yeah. that's why we remember the negatives and not all the positives they're Mm -hmm. the stepping stones literally like a negative sign of like a step (laughs) positive like a spur in the foot (laughs) (laughs) that's true i like that i like that yeah I know yeah so I had this dream totally different uh, it's a lot shorter um, totally different uh, theme than y'all's so <laughs> it's definitely yeah, like a sexual dream <laughs> so like have you ever had a dream where you're in the dream and it's happening and you're like there's just no way this is a dream. Like, this is real. This is so real. This is so real. This is so real. Like, have y'all had that experience mm-hmm. before? That was one of the, these dreams. So I don't know how it started, but I'm making out with this person that I was seeing a while back. <laughs> and and um, I hadn't seen this person in a long time. We kind of fell out. And it, it's been really hard for me, like, trying to get over him and let him go. So we're making out. It's great. And I'm like, I'm like, in the dream, I'm like, there's no way this is a dream. There's just no way. Like, his skin, like, felt so soft and so warm. I was like, there's just no way. Like, this is real. This is real life. But the thing about it that was weird, that should have told me that it was a dream, was that, you know how sometimes in dreams you can't open your eyes? Like, they're just, like, you just can't, like, get past this little, like, half- half opening thing I couldn't like open my eyes all the way and like I was trying to look into his eyes and I couldn't 
Mm. I was like, what the fuck? Why can't I like look at his <laughs> eyes? He has like these beautiful blue eyes, and I, was, I just used to love like getting lost in them. Blah blah blah. But anyway, I ignored that, and then I just kept going like with this like, no, there's just no way. This is real. This is real life. Like this is actually happening. And I was like convincing myself of that, and then I woke up. I was like, yep, it was definitely a dream. <laughs> How did you feel after you woke up? I couldn't believe it. I was like, fuck, that was a dream? It was like the realest dream ever. Did you wish it was real? Not necessarily because of a lot of stuff that I don't have time to get into, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's fucking weird. Stop me at any point, but to be completely fair, that was real life. Was it not? That was very much a metaphor. Yeah. I mean, you said you loved looking happened. into his eyes, but what did you actually see? You were looking at him through closed eyes in a way because you were looking at him to see what you wanted to see rather than what was actually there. Uh, yeah, Ooh. therein is the Well, there it is. The it was very real. It was real life because that's mm -hmm. exactly what happened. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I had this person on like a pedestal, so I was blind to all his faults and everything. Mm -hmm. And then it was until after... But I started bringing him down to earth, like, no, he's not a perfect person. Like, I actually, like, wrote down a list of, like, all his flaws, like, just to help me, mm -hmm. like, see him as, like, a human being and not, like, this, like... I don't know. Oh, rather rather yeah. than flaws and benefits, let's look at him as he actually is rather than how you wanted to see him. Yeah. On pedestal. It's a pedestal that you built. He didn't build it. No, yeah, totally. You built it. Mm-hmm. He was there, blue eyes open. You looked through closed eyes. Mm -hmm. It's not wrong. Yeah. I hope I'm not making it sound that way. It's not wrong at all. No, no. But that dream is exactly what happened. That is, that is real life. Yeah. If it is who I think it is. Yeah, you know who it is. Who it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 there, you know. And I I do it in my life very much all the time. I'll want something from somebody and I'll see them in that way and then some heartbreak thing happens and then I mm -hmm. see them as they are mm -hmm. not how I was wanting to see them yeah yeah totally yeah, that's the, the deviation the stories that we create the meaning that we add the tricks we play on ourselves mm -hmm. yeah and it's funny because that was so before that like two weeks before that I had a dream and then before that was like months that I had dreamed about this person so before that dream I had a dream that I was on the phone with him and he was just being like, I don't know. One of, like one of the flaws that I wrote down for him was like that he's just very like self-absorbed and very selfish and uh, lacks empathy. Just like it, the only thing that matters is like his journey and his feelings and this and that. So like we're on the phone and he's saying stuff and I'm just like kind of, talking over him and saying like, no, you don't understand. Like, it's not like that. And I forget exactly what we we're talking about, but he was just coming from this place of like, I'm higher than you. Mm. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> and then I hung up on him and then I felt bad. So I called him back and I'm like, in your dream? yeah, in the dream. In the dream, I call him back, and I'm like, I'm sorry I hung up on you and told you to fuck off. And I told my therapist that, and she's like, 
huh that's funny even in your dreams you're so worried about like other, other people's people feelings and what other people think yeah mm. you said he was mm. talking from up here but you were the one talking over him in that description i know yeah you're right there's a lot of shit here yeah well no it's not shit it's just it's all there yeah very much yeah it's all it's all me it's nothing it has nothing to do with him like he did nothing wrong well i'm sure he did plenty wrong come on now Let's be real. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, <laughs> like being selfish or selfless. You know, that's 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 it. You know? Bro, you know you're like really good at mm. uh, dream interpretation. You are. Yeah. Like, shit, dude. <laughs> what the heck? It just comes like that for you. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna do a part two. Yeah. All right, listeners, so we're going to split this podcast episode in two different episodes. You know, feel free to listen to part two to this juicy episode because there's so much good content here talking about dream space. All right, so take care and see you in part two.